Welcome to Moms Out Loud podcast. I'm Alexa. And I'm Rachel. And we are on episode number three. Yes. This is exciting. We have been having so much awesome feedback from you guys so far just from the first two episodes. We're so glad you guys are enjoying what we're putting out for you guys. And we're so excited to keep creating content for you guys. So this is so awesome. But you know what I love about us doing this podcast? I mean, well, other than what you said, we've been getting really good feedback. Um, A lot of moms are loving listening to it. We don't have any makeup on. We're at home. Like my husband told me this morning, he's like, you smell. And so I probably (laughs) need to take a shower. (laughs) But like we still get to do the podcast and you would have no idea that uh, I look smell- smelly right now. <laughs> um, okay. I literally said that to Luke before we started recording because I was like, the best part about a podcast versus like a YouTube channel or something is that nobody can tell that my hair has been in this braid for four days. Like, it's real right. bad. It's real bad. But right. I'm going to uh, take a shower after and not worry about it because none of you guys know. Well, now you do. But who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know. And we have this uh, Valentine's Day banquet at church today. So I'm definitely, after we record, I'm going to have to get all dolled up. So. But that's fun. That's so fun. Yeah. I'm sad yeah, we don't get to fun. go to those anymore. Well, I mean. I know. We're doing our own thing, but. Right. Those were always when, fun. I, I'm that person where I'm like, we don't celebrate Valentine's Day because it's just yeah. a Hallmark holiday and we're like, that means nothing to us. But you know what? When our church throws something, we're like, we're going to participate. So, so what's so funny is Luke and I will be like, it's a Hallmark holiday. It's lame. And like, we're the type of people though, like every month we're like, happy anniversary. Who celebrates right. <laughs> a monthly huh, like anniversary? Right. But um, I mean, we don't do everything, something every month. We just say it, but... We, we like to celebrate all the little stuff. So, And even if we yeah. didn't do anything big for, you know, Valentine's Day or whatever, it's still just fun to, like, have a day to kind of celebrate each other, even if you don't, like, go big or anything. Just, you know, enjoy some romance, I suppose. Right. <laughs> yeah. Get get out of, like, the normal day-to-day. Yeah. So exactly. I get that. I yeah. get that. So what have you been up to? Uh, well, yesterday we took Angela to Duke. So I drive almost three hours to get to Duke yeah, because that's where all her crazy. doctors are. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we want the best doctors. So it's worth the drive. And they did her audio because she got tubes done. They told us that she had moderate hearing loss and that's why she was so behind in speech. Um, so she got the tubes done after like months of us being like, are you sure? Because we just didn't want her to go through another surgery if it was unnecessary. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, like, three hearing tests later and, like, I I actually, I would take her to the chiropractor because everyone was saying, well, if it's just fluid, maybe a chiropractor adjustment every week would help. So, it did actually help a little bit, which is amazing to me. Um, so, like, in her last hearing test, it was a little bit better. I mean, it could just be that she was growing as well. Yeah. Um, but they were still saying she had moderate hearing loss. So then we did do the tubes, and that was in December. And then they did a hearing test yesterday, and they said she has average hearing. Wow. Now. Yeah, That's so awesome. crazy. So I'm they're so like, glad. all the fluid is gone, and she should just start improving more and more. I mean, Aww. she's just, yeah, I mean, with speech, it's like she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to talk. And I'm guessing that that's just because she she wasn't hearing normally before 
So now it's like all new to her again that she's hearing all these little things that she didn't before. And so she's just nervous to say words. But that's awesome. Maybe. I mean, it can only get better. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly. so exciting. So, that's awesome. It is. I'm excited. And, and her speech therapist is going to be excited. And there's so many things that we work on with her every week. So... Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I just amazing. can't wait until she can like say something to me because my uh, my friend's daughter is around Angela's same age and is just this sassy little girl, says full sentences, and I'm like, man, I wish I could get into Angela's head, you know? So I can't wait until she starts talking. See, I think she's already sassy, but. Well, Angela she is has sassy such and. a personality, yes, even with no big words. Big personality. Yeah, yeah, without words. But I kind of just want to hear her, like, of more course. like how Eric is. Like, with Eric, it's like he talks and he can tell me his thoughts and why he did this thing and why he's being sassy, you know, and bossy. And so I can't <laughs> wait until Angela can explain to me, like, just, Mom, no, I want. Because she can sign stuff. So she signs, like, oh, I want the butterfly or I you know, want this or that. And it'd just be really neat to hear her be like, oh, I want the butterfly because it's just so pretty, you know, or what have you. It'll be amazing. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, what have you been up to? Well, so this last week I was in Pennsylvania just for a few days, actually, um, while Luke was traveling. And I just kind of got to hang out with a bunch of family and some friends. And so that was pretty cool. And then um, yesterday when we were traveling back, I woke up and I had a fever. So I got to travel home with a fever. So that was really bad. And uh, I probably shouldn't have drove now. Like after I got home and my eyes hurt so bad, I was like, I probably should have just stayed another day. But, um, excuse me. But I'm just glad to be home. Sorry if you hear Tyler yelling in the background. Oh, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm glad to be home. I'm glad to have Luke home and get to hang out with him again. And, uh. Roland's been like trying to walk really badly. He like will hold onto the couch and then like let go and like try and take a step or two towards you. Oh no, not already. I know, but I'm excited. Oh, it's so that fun. is exciting. It's uh, it's really cool. And Luke has been like freaking out, like getting to watch him. It's really cute. Yeah, it's exciting. Aww. So, oh, and we got his new teething necklace. Um, okay. And it's a Hazelade is the brand because okay. I couldn't think of it last time. But he's been wearing it for just about two days now and no rash. So it must have been awesome. that the other one was from China for sure. Right. <laughs> or was a fake. Crazy. A bummer. But yeah, I'm glad I got another one because I really just wanted something that actually was helping him. So right. it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And I wonder, though, if it was like a total fake just because you said it helped with his drooling. Well, that's what I don't so. understand. But looking at this one, the one I bought from Hazelade. It's um, like a raw unpolished. And the last one right. was as well. But this one looks even cloudier, like even more right. raw and unpolished, if that makes any sense. Right. Um, and so I'm just kind of, I'm a little skeptical. Weird. Weird, yeah, weird, it's weird. so weird. So yeah, not been up to too crazy much. Just kind of taking it easy. Oh, I watched a documentary while I was in Pennsylvania. It's, um, it's called Surviving R. Kelly. And I'm not going to go into it all too much because I'm sure a bunch of people don't even know who R. Kelly is. But um, who is R. Kelly? (laughs) He's a he is a famous R&B singer from like the 90s. Oh, I know who he is. Yes, he's the one that does the ignition song. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So he's very famous. 
Um, yes. And he should be in jail. That's <gasps> that's really all I'm going to say. It was on Lifetime, and I don't have cable, but I my mom does. So I was able to watch yeah. it on demand. And I had heard about the documentary on another podcast. And so I was really interested and curious because there's like some weird, like, culty stuff going on and things like that and I'm just kind of intrigued by all that so right I watched it it was kind of hard to watch um it was it well it was hard to watch it's very sad it, it makes you like outraged and right. um I can't believe he's not in jail that's all that, like I said I'm not really going to get into it too wow. much because I don't want to talk about some of the stuff in case people are listening with kids but um he's a very bad guy and I hate that being famous um, can keep you out of jail like that because right there has been big big names like Whitney Houston or Michael Jackson who had collaborated with him even though he had all these allegations and was going to trial for some of these terrible things and uh, he just kept getting away with it and I don't know if he was paying people off or what and now everybody everybody's been aware of him being a bad guy since the right. 90s because it was right. like ha ha he does this bad stuff let's make light of it and now that we know like how bad it was, people are doing like this hashtag mute R. Kelly, which is really cool. I mean, like I yeah. think it's awesome that they're getting him off the radio. They're not playing him on streaming anymore. Um, and he's huh. losing a lot of money. Like he, they're canceling all his concerts and stuff. But now everybody wants to be like, oh, yeah, like he's bad. Well, then why were you making a song with him in the 90s when there was those allegations? Oh. So that's that's annoying to me i think that's, that's pretty convenient crazy. but anyways don't listen to ignition anymore even though it's a good song yeah. he's, he's a <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> don't play it at your wedding he's don't a play guy. it <laughs> i'm um, gonna have to watch that now yeah it's that's good interesting it's really interesting so i'm curious yeah and i didn't get to watch the ted bundy documentary so i was super bummed it just oh. didn't work out for her and i my friend to watch it so I, but then Lame. again, I do already know everything about Ted Bundy. Um, but I am curious to hear like him talking on the tapes. So, right. Well, yeah. and then I wanted to. I want to talk about that last moment. I know the thing well, that he said. I know, but I don't know what it is yet. But I have heard some people talk about Ted Bundy tapes, like who've listened to it without like giving away stuff. Right. And they have said that you know it's really hard to watch Ted Bundy tapes and listen to him talk. Because he's a liar. He's a narcissist. Right. He is going to say whatever he wants to get away with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so just because he said something, who is believing him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, right. So well, I'm curious. Yeah. But. Well, yeah. Be curious. Because it, ha- it has to do with he knew he was going to die. Yeah. And it was after he had helped with the um, finding the Green River murderer, right? Or yeah, whatever. the Green River killer. Yeah. And I think, and I know that Dr. Dobson had even talked to him as well, right before he was executed. Yeah, yeah. So I think it had to do around that time. And not that he was repentive. I don't know. I never heard like a repentance from him. But No, never. He would never. Um, yeah. But it was just interesting what he said. Cool. I'll, do, um, I'll have to watch, watch it and we'll talk about it eventually. But Right. One other thing that I wanted to mention actually before we get started is yeah. I started listening to a new audiobook. Okay. I use Overdrive. It's like just an app where you can log in your library card and then listen to all the like audiobooks that your local library has. 
without right. having to go rent them. And I love it. It's so convenient. Um, oh, that's cool. So I started listening to Girl, Wash Your Face. And there's been like a really big hype around this book. And right. um, I've been really skeptical because I'm not super into like any sort of self-help book. It's just right. not really right. my thing. Um, I don't usually like feel empowered by that kind of stuff. And some people do, which is awesome. I'm glad that it helps some people, you know? Right. It's been highly recommended to me by a lot of people, especially because I'm a small business owner. Right. So I tried to get it on my through my library, and there was six people online ahead of me. So it's like people really want to read it. Yeah, it's so crazy. So I started listening to it, and I'm not too, too far into it. It's good so far. Like, it's it's good. It's definitely self-help. Um, it's definitely like, you got it, girl, like, blah, 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 you know? Right. But she's sharing her story, which is really interesting. I love getting to hear people share their stories and experiences. Yeah. And uh, I'm hoping that it's worth all the hype once I actually yeah. get through it because I don't read a lot of books. So <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I am, like, taking the time to listen to a book, I want it to be worth my time. So I'll definitely report back when I'm finished with it so that I can share if it's worth it or not or if it's worth it in my opinion it's been worth it to a lot of people and if you've read it and you loved it I'm so glad that you found value from it but right I read weird books so (laughs) well yeah I think I'm more of like I love novels yeah and I stay away from self-help books because I feel like it's just something I've heard before just in a different way um yep I don't know. So it's like, yeah, if I'm going to read a self-help book, then everyone has to love it. Yeah. And, and there I'm has sure, to be a reason why. I'm sure they don't classify it as a self-help book. Right. I'm not, I'm not sure what it's classified under, to be quite honest. But that was just like the vibe I was getting. Right. Right. But it's so far, it definitely, I can definitely see why it's empowered a lot of people. And yeah. it's definitely like her giving reasons and like ex- like with her experiences, like how to stop worrying about what others think and stop like saying no to yourself and just all this different stuff. So it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. But um, she's a workaholic. And so she right. talks about that and like how it's really hard to get her to slow down. And I don't relate to that at all because it's hard okay. to get me to do stuff. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, I'm not like a hustle till I get sick type person. I just, I haven't ever been, probably won't ever be. But I bet if you are that type of person, you'll definitely resonate with that. But like I said, I'm not that far into it. So I don't want to talk badly about it or anything. I just am not so sure yet. I'm skeptical. So we'll see. Oh, I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll definitely report back. But Good. So do well, you, are you ready to hop into today's topic? Yeah. Cool. Yes, for it. sure. So today's topic is breastfeeding. Woo woo. Yes. We are so excited. Um, we know that this is a kind of a taboo subject. It is in no way our intention to shame anybody, cast judgment on anybody, because we know this is a sore subject for a lot of people. And so our goal today is just to share our experience and educate some people a little bit if you're not very familiar on some of these topics, just with the very best of intentions, you know? Yes, yes. And for those of you that don't know, I'm a lactation counselor. So this is kind of where 
when we get into some of the research stuff, I mean, I have been reading things. It's not like we're just two moms talking about it. So we will talk about our experiences, but we're going to dive in a little bit further too. So if Alexa is spitting facts today, it's because she is very knowledgeable on this. She is, like she said, she's an LC. So she has a ton of experience and she is trained for this. So she's not just like, like she said, we're not just random moms saying stuff. I mean, I am. I'm just a random mom saying stuff. (laughs) And so it'll be my experiences and opinions mixed with the facts that I've been given and the research I've done. But like we said, no shame, no shaming, no judgment. We went back and forth on, do we want to share about this topic right away? Because it is such a taboo topic. Um, But then we thought, you know what? We just want to shine some light on certain things that maybe, you know, I know when I first became a mom, I didn't know about this stuff. And unless someone told me, hey, Google about this. Did you know about that? I wasn't a Google mom yet. So there's this whole new world. It was just, I didn't know about it. And maybe there's some women out there that don't know what we're going to share today. Yeah, exactly. So we hope that you give us grace as we talk about this subject and that you hopefully learn something new. And so um, I'd love to hear your experiences first, Alexa. I have a lot of experience. Yeah. <laughs> just with like the three kids. I mean, not just Elsie aside, just with the three kids and the experiences I had with them. Yeah. Um, but I, okay, so when I had Eric... Um, we had a different kind of experience with him. We had him in the hospital and I was a first time mom. I didn't know what I was going to do at that point. I didn't know if I was going to breastfeed or not. So I, I was a formula baby to be fair. My mom breastfed me for a little while and then I, I became a formula baby. So I didn't really have an idea of what I was going to do. Um, and I thought it didn't really matter, you know? So when I had Eric, I, um, Sorry, I'm really distracted right now because they keep flushing the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) They're crazy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So when I had Eric, um, when he when he came out, like I had a really um, difficult pregnant, not a difficult pregnancy with him, but it was just kind of like I kind of felt just anxious and disconnected because we had moved. We had just been stationed somewhere else. And I was, I think when I was 32 weeks pregnant, we got our house. Um, we were moving everything in. It's just like, I couldn't really enjoy the pregnancy. I was just kind of miserable. It was hot in Vegas and I just didn't feel it. So it was when he, when he came out, I was like, oh my gosh, I have a baby. It kind of just hit me. And then I thought I need to feed this kid. Like I need, I need to make sure that he survives. Right. And I think what happened in my brain was I'm going to breastfeed this child because I had a lot of milk. Like I could tell I was like filling up already. Um, I knew I could feed him and it was just this like instinct that I was going to feed him with my breast. I had that in me to do that. And so that's what I wanted to do. Like just something in me just clicked that I was going to do this. And the doctors, um, when he wasn't breastfeeding, he wasn't gaining weight. He couldn't, he wasn't latching right. The LC was saying, oh, well, you're doing everything right. So I don't know. They weren't much help. Um, And they just said, well, you know what? You don't get a gold star for breastfeeding. So you should just give him a bottle. And this is day two. So they told me I I wouldn't get a gold star for breastfeeding and I should just bottle feed him. And that was day day two and three is kind of what they were telling me. And I said, there's no other thing that I can do. 
So finally, they gave me a tube, not a tube, they gave me a syringe. So I started pumping and syringe feeding him so that he wouldn't get nipple confused. All the doctors that would come in, they even tag teamed and got different pediatricians in my room telling me like, why are you doing this? You should just give him a bottle. And there was just something in my brain. I'm like, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. I'm going to be at home all day long with this child. I don't want to pump if I don't have to. You know, because pumping is just an added thing that that you're putting into my life that I know is going to cause stress. And so I just knew that and I knew I wanted to breastfeed. So they finally discharged us when he gained like a half ounce. So I went to go see Elsie's elsewhere. I went to Well-Rounded Mama um, is where I went and they had, I think, three different Elsie's working there at the time, three or four. And I, I went every week for a few weeks um, because awesome. I just wasn't getting anywhere. Like I felt like when I would co- go to an LC, bless her heart, like wonderful women. I ended up and I ended up working with them. So um, I know them more personally now, but at the beginning, it's just like, I felt like I was just one of the 20 ladies that would show up and I wasn't really getting anywhere. And I felt like they kind of looked at me like, you don't really want this. You know, like you don't really want this. And I I would leave feeling like discouraged because I felt like, man, I didn't get him to latch, but I really do want him to latch. Then um, one of the milk circles that I went to, a mom mentioned, she's like, did anyone tell you about a nipple shield? And I guess, you know, the Elsies weren't talking about nipple shields because they felt like a baby should latch without a nipple shield. Granted. Okay. Yeah, of course. So, but they weren't, but but yeah, but they hadn't mentioned it to me because they thought that, oh, well, you just need to relax. He'll latch. This is three weeks in though. (laughs) So this is three weeks in, right? So I'm like, we're having a problem. (laughs) Someone should have mentioned a nipple shield to me. Nobody in the hospital had. No one had mentioned an SNS system either. Um, so we were just, I was pumping and, and syringe feeding. No one had mentioned anything else to me. I was overwhelmed. I wasn't Googling at that point. It was just kind of crazy. I was like, why did no one mention this nipple shield to me? Yeah. So after I introduced the nipple shield, so it's just a little thing that goes onto my nipple. It's kind of like an in-between, between like a bottle and breastfeeding, right? So, but it's yeah. on the breast. He's taking milk from my breast. Um, so that saved my life because I no longer had a pump at that point Yeah. because I had enough milk. Um, and then he was just eating from the breast with the nipple shield. And we did that for four months and that saved my life. And I remember that when the LCs approached me like, Hey, you should become an LC and work with us. I remember that because I'm like, I will never ever not mention a nipple shield because that was the moment between not breastfeeding like I almost went to bottle feeding because no one had mentioned that to me you know yeah so and I think that's ridiculous because of course in a perfect world you wouldn't have to use anything but your breast but exactly this is not a perfect world and so they should have given you different options because I I don't know if I had to syringe feed Roland I don't know if I would have done that (laughs) you know what I mean right and I think most people wouldn't because like that's just a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. You're waking up every two hours. Your husband has to help you feed the baby. Like, yeah, it, it was just a lot. But I just, there was something in me. And I think it's just my personality. There's something in me that says, if she can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And I know. so, You're it like that. Re- <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, 
why is this not working? And I'm going to make it work, you know? And, yeah. but most, most women don't do that. It's like you, you have that obstacle and you're just like, this is way too much because being a, mo- a new mom is already overwhelming. So crazy, overwhelming. Oh so with all these problems and me not feeling like I'm getting any help, the nipple shield just saved my life. I remembered that. And then when they started talking to me about, hey, you're here at Milk Circle all the time. You're helping other moms already. Why don't you take the class and become a lactation counselor and work with us and get paid for it? So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. So then in the class, I learned about ties, tongue ties, and lip ties. Yeah. Lo and behold, lo and behold, my children, all of them, had have lip ties. Tyler even has, which I'll get to that, but Tyler even has a tongue tie. Who knows why they have those? But then it kind of opened my eyes and made me feel like, wow, I wasn't just a bad mom. Maybe he just couldn't latch properly because of this lip tie that he had, like this significant lip tie was destroying our latch, right? So I'm glad I learned that then, at least before my other babies came along. And so when I was pregnant with Angela, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I had been working at Well-Rounded Mama as a lactation counselor. And Well-Rounded Mama, they had midwives and doulas, um, home birth midwives. Uh, so I was introduced to that kind of birthing process while I was, you know, working amongst these women, these amazing yeah. women. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to do a home birth. My stepmom had done a home birth, so it wasn't totally foreign to me. And so I'm like, you know what? We're going to pay out of pocket and have a home birth with Angela. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so it was really, it was a whole different experience. Breastfeeding was so much easier because I was so calm. She was in my bed, you know, after the fact, and we were just this relaxed sort of um, experience, and nothing was stressed out. No one was probing her. No one was doing this and that. Um, just really okay. fast, you said yeah. nobody. <laughs> you said nobody was probing her. Nobody was probing? What? That's what you said. What did I say? You said with Angela after she was born, nobody was probing her. But do you know what probing (laughs) means? Well, I can restate that. Like, no one was poking her, right? Yes, please. Because. So, yeah. (laughs) I hope nobody was probing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, all right. So let me restate that. I almost um, want to leave all yeah. that because that is so funny. Um, sorry. No one was poking her, turning on the lights, interrupting us, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. <laughs> so so since we had such like a calm atmosphere at the beginning, I felt like it just happened for us naturally. That's awesome. And it was a really good experience. So she was gaining weight from the beginning. Um, just my calm, like happy baby. But then when she was almost a month old, I went to Milk Circle every week. So like, I think it was like two weeks after I had her, three weeks after I had her, I went to Milk Circle again. And the other midwife in the office looked at her and said, you know what? She looks like she might be breathing hard, which, you know, to me, I'm like, well, I looked at her. I was like, I don't know. Like, can you check her out? Like, we just had our appointment. All her vitals were good. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? I deal with, you know, like more, I've dealt with more complex kids Mm -hmm. in my past, which now that I know her more, she's dealt with heart kids in the past, which she didn't want to freak me out. So she didn't say that. Yeah, exactly. Um, But she's like, I've dealt with, you know, different things in the past. And so 
I think you need to go to the pediatrician. I know we check this and this and this and this here, but go to the pediatrician and tell them what's going on because she does look like she's kind of, you know, breathing a little bit harder, even though she's gaining weight and her eyes are open and she, you know, she's, she looks like she's thriving, right? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we go, we make it like a last minute appointment. I'm kind of freaking out at that point. And basically like she slept on me that, that night because I'm like, I'm not putting her in like our co-sleeper, like. Yeah, you were She's sleeping right on me because I'm scared, like, maybe yeah. there's something wrong with her. Yeah. And I think in the back of my mind, I knew because her coloring was kind of off. And we, you know, when she came out, um, we thought that she was just dark-skinned. Like, Lael's family is kind of, like, darker-skinned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, when I was looking at her, I was like, maybe it's not that. Maybe there is something else going on. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think that was just, like, the mom in me thinking, I think she was right. I think there was something, something going on. Yeah, and you would so, know. Right. But here's the thing, because I was seeing my midwife, and she supposedly did all the necessary checks for a child. Yeah. So I was thinking, but what could she have missed, right? Yeah. Well, we go to the doctor. The doctor's like, she's gaining weight. She's alert. And they were trying to get an oxygen saturation level on her. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they couldn't get above like 45, 50% oxygen saturation, which for anyone that doesn't know, you're supposed to be at 100. Okay. Yeah. I would so assume. yeah. So they're like, this can't be right though. She's gaining weight. She's <laughs> alert. She's crying. All that. Like there's no way that this child is at 45, 50% oxygen saturation rate for a month. Yeah. And wow. like she's thriving. Right. I mean, not thriving, but for the situation. They're like, this can't be right. Maybe she's just too tiny because she was a tiny baby. Yeah. Maybe she's just too tiny. Like, this can't be right. But we'll go get an echo on her just in case. Like, we're going to send you to go get an echo. And they sent me home. <laughs> okay. So they sent me home. And um, and then I find out that well-rounded mama at that time wasn't checking oxygen saturation for every baby. Okay, only if you had like symptoms and things like that. That wasn't part of their protocol, which as a first time mom, well, second time mom, but something that I'm not a nurse or anything like that. I didn't know that they weren't checking that. Right. Yeah. So um, which is kind of scary. It's like you are doing home births. This is a simple machine that you can purchase. Yeah. For home births, like simple. Every every other home birth midwife that I know of now, like. When I ask them, it's just, yeah, we carry that, obviously. It's like a $400 machine. Like, why not? Right? Or even less, depending on what you get. Yeah. So I find out, oh, they hadn't checked that. That's so crazy. Right? So we get to the echo. And basically, the lady that does the echo is like, they sent you home because we need to admit her to the hospital. Like, right now, she has so many things wrong with her heart. Like, we don't even know how she's surviving right now. Like, we need to go to the hospital right now. And we can't believe that the pediatrician sent you home. We're going to be calling them up because that's not right. And they're like, did you have ultrasounds? And yes, I did. I had ultrasounds during my pregnancy because I was doing half, like, I would go to the the base to get my ultrasounds done. Yeah. But then I still had my home birth because I wasn't a high risk. Yeah. So... And they never caught anything in my ultrasounds. And they're like, well, base isn't cooperating with us because they have a heart center in Vegas, like a really good heart center. And they had educated all the other places that were doing ultrasounds. They were like educating everybody what to look for for heart problems, for heart kids. Yeah. But the base wasn't cooperating and didn't want training on that. 
<clears throat> so awesome. I was going on base and they didn't catch like any of her heart problems, any of her heart defects. So at a month old, she has her first open heart surgery. It was like the next day she had her first open heart surgery. And so after that, I mean, I'm not going to get into all the details of that. I mean, if you guys want to know, it's like I have all her public information up like online. I'm not private about it, but it's a long story. But basically, she's had two open heart surgeries. And between those two, like I went from breastfeeding to pumping. And then when we got home, I went back to breastfeeding, which is kind of unheard of just because it's hard to do to get back to the breast after you've been bottle feeding or tube feeding, right? Because yeah. she was she was getting food for a little while through her nose, right? Yeah. But we did get back to breastfeeding. And then after her second surgery, uh, a couple of months later, we did end up getting back to breastfeeding after that as well. So it is possible for everyone listening, like if you're in that situation, it is possible to get back to breastfeeding. It is hard though. But I think since I was a lactation counselor at that point, I kind of knew what to do. And I felt confident doing certain things, you know, whereas if I was just a mom that didn't have that experience, I don't know if I would have done that because you do have to kind of like, yeah, you're like weighing her. You're doing like milk transfer weighing, you know, you're doing um, milk transfer feed. So you weigh her before and then after a feed to just make sure that she's eating enough. Like there are so many things I was writing down all the time. But that's like the LC in me, right? Uh, yeah, there's so, probably no way I would have been doing all that. Right. And, but I think that's so cool because if it's what you wanted to do, you made it happen. Well, right. And, and I, uh, and I'm, yeah. And awesome. I'm just like, you know what? And I just knew like taking care of my son and taking care of her was just already a full-time job. I'm like, how am I going to pump during this whole process as well? You know, yeah. like pumping moms, like, wow. When moms I, say, yeah. oh, I pump, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Can I just bow down at your feet right now? Because I don't even know how you do that. Same. Right? Anybody who says, like, they exclusively pump, I'm like, what? But, yeah, I mean, just like, because I only pumped for a little and it was terrible. I did not enjoy it. It's so time consuming. You have to, like, do it so often, like, on the hour. And, uh Wow. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. So it was, it, it just came to me. I was like, you know what? Either I'm going to be this pumping mom because I believe in the power of breast milk or, and she's also like, she had some um, dairy issues too. So it's like, I couldn't just switch to a formula. You know, it's like I needed breast milk Yeah. and I needed breast milk that wasn't having any, like I wasn't drinking dairy and I wasn't eating dairy, you know? Yeah. So that's hard, even harder to find, you know? So, it is, so yeah. knowing that I was like, I can't pump. I need to get her back on the breast. This is the, I know we can do it. I know she can do it. She's done it before, you know? Yeah. So I think just both times I was motivated by that. Like I that's need less awesome. stress in my life. And so we powered through and we ended up doing that. But then, okay. So then I get pregnant with Tyler. Tyler was kind of a surprise. Like he wasn't a surprise. I mean, we were, we were doing the deed. Okay, but it was one of those. It was one of those things where it was kind of like last minute. Yeah, sure. Let's not put on any protection this one time. Okay, right? Yeah, because that works. So it was one of those. It was one of those. It's like, yeah, whatever. And so then I get pregnant from a one one time. Okay, which is just like, oh, okay. Same. So well, mine was different, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So then I get pregnant and my milk supply starts suffering. And then I find out, I'm like, well, 
70% of women lose their milk supply or it diminishes when you get pregnant. Yep. It's like, so Angela's nine months at that point. I'd work so hard to get her breastfeeding. <laughs> and then my milk supply is just like diminishing, right? So I'm like, oh my goodness, because I'm going to be pregnant for another six months. And what are we going to do? Because she can't just switch to formula like she barfs up anything else that I give her. Yeah. Okay, so then how am I going to feed her, right? So I have six more months of my pregnancy. My milk is almost like completely gone, even though I'm feeding her all the time. Like I'm doing all the right things. So I actually ended up getting donor milk from other moms that I knew. And they weren't charging me any money. So, you know, I felt like, and they were breastfeeding their their kids. This is just like, they had oversupply issues. So yeah. I went with it. I was like, you know what? Until I can pump for her again because she wasn't eating at that point either like she's really behind on everything just being a heart baby so um she wasn't eating foods like i couldn't transfer her to anything donor milk was kind of like what made sense for her and see i think that's actually so cool because if you would have tried to talk to me about donor milk before i had roland i would have been like that is gross to be honest you know right because it freaked it just would have freaked me out Um, But then when I was pregnant and I realized that actually a lot of moms are in need of breast milk and there's a lot of people who pump on the side just to be able to donate to, you know, other parents and things like that. And so now I'm all for it. I think that's amazing. Right. And uh, I I thought I would pump to be able to give it to others. And I did did pump, um, but it was too much work. So, right. But that's amazing well, that that yeah, people and well, did that what, for you. What I didn't say, well, and what I didn't say, like when we were in the hospital, I was pumping so much, but we didn't have freezer room for it. So I was actually donating while we were in the hospital, like when she wasn't eating. So I'm just like, these other women were like paying me back. Like I felt like kindness does count, you know, I love you're that. doing this work and you donated that milk. And even though sometimes I would kick myself like, man, I had all that milk. But then, like, these moms would donate to me, you know? And we ended up being able to make it. And it was just a wonderful thing. Like, it's just like, wow. Like, and I felt like God was giving me these different women, too. Like, when one woman would say that she was, like, out, another woman would pop up. It was just crazy. When I had Tyler, again, I had a home birth with Tyler as well. Um, I did go with a different... I went with the midwife that actually noticed Angela's problems from the beginning, Um, Like when she saw her. Yeah. And so I trusted that midwife and I was like, I know that they're checking all the the things now. (laughs) Yeah. And I do want a home birth again. Like it was just, it's just the experience. It's like after you have a home birth, it's one of those things that's like, I can't go back to a hospital birth unless I'm a high risk pregnancy, which again, I wasn't. And we did do um, like a special uh, ultrasound with Tyler to make sure like his heart was good and all this stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we did all the checks and I wasn't high risk and, um, Angela's stuff wasn't genetic. So we went with another home birth with Tyler. And then from the minute he was out, it's just like breastfeeding was so nice and easy with him. Maybe just cause I knew what I was doing, but yeah. also with him, he made it easy even though there was there were certain things that we had to change around, like positions and things like that. And later I find out, oh, he has like a lip tie and a, a, a posterior tongue tie as well. Um, so that's why we had to do certain positions at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, but then I was also pumping for Angela, too, because now that I was making milk again, I was like, oh, great. Like I get to pump. So I was pumping after every time I was feeding him, too, which I made time for that this time around because I was like, you know what? She just needs a few more months because she had started eating foods 
but she just needed a few more months of my milk. But yeah, those are kind of my experiences. I mean, so I've pumped, I've breastfed all of them. They've had ties. (laughs) Yeah, I've syringe fed. It's like all sorts of like crazy stuff happen. And I'm just so thankful that I became an Elsie so that I could advocate for like my kids later on, you know, like for Angela, especially like yeah, I just knew how to feed her, you well, know? Knowledge is power. And I bet that was so empowering to be able to like take control of your body with the better understanding of how it works and what it can do. Right. And that's awesome. That is so awesome. Um, and yeah. that actually kind of leads into my story. <clears throat> yeah. Because um, Alexa was my LC, which is yes. <laughs> so cool. Um, but basically, so I also tried for a home birth. I opted to have a CNM, which is a certified nurse midwife. So basically, they have already worked in the hospital before. They come to your home with everything that would be in a hospital room. And so I just felt more comfortable with her knowledge and everything she came with. So I wasn't scared about anything, which was really cool. But I did get transferred on the day of to a hospital. And we'll share in depth on our birth stories a different time. So I had Roland in the hospital and um, I had a natural birth with him. And as soon as he, you know, popped out or whatever, and we started to nurse, he latched right away. And it seemed like easy peasy. It seemed like we were good to go. Like he knew what he was doing. He was getting milk. And we just stayed one night in the hospital and they, you know, would come in and check on him and see how he was nursing and check his weight and blah, blah, blah. And he seemed to be thriving. He seemed to be latching wonderfully. Like different nurses were coming in and being like, wow, he's doing awesome. He is latching so well. Like that's so impressive, blah, blah, blah. So I was feeling pumped. I was like, wow, this is like how it's supposed to be. I'm so lucky that this is so easy for me because I know it is not for most people. And I was just so thankful. I was like in tears about it because I was like, this is awesome. I I really, I wanted this so badly and I'm getting it. And I was so excited. Now, um, anybody who's attempted to breastfeed knows that when you first started breastfeeding, it feels horrible. Um, (laughs) And so even though like they said he was latching good and he was getting milk, obviously nobody had ever had milk from my boobs before. So my nipples weren't prepared for it. And so I was like, I made my mom run out and grab me a huge tub of coconut oil for my nipples because at the hospital, they were like, oh, if your nipples are sore, just put breast milk on them and let them air dry. And everybody says that and it has worked for a lot of people. It didn't work for me necessarily. I don't know Mm. if I'm just wasn't willing to put up with it long enough, but, and the coconut oil didn't work for me either. The only thing that really worked for my pain was the earth mama angel baby nipple butter or whatever. Um, I love that stuff so much. I swear by it. I think anybody who wants to nurse should have it at the beginning when it hurts. I mean, obviously it's more cost effective to do the milk thing, but that didn't work. That wasn't like soothing. So the earth mama, that's an all natural like butter and you put it on and it's very soothing. So once I got home from the hospital, I had that and it made a world of a difference. But our first night home, he, so we had one night in the hospital. Now our first night home, I am up all night, like in pain, Mm. like crying almost. It is bad. I don't know why it is bad. It feels bad. I saw an LC for a second at the hospital, but they were like, everything looks great. You're doing good. He's getting milk. So I was like, cool, okay. So I didn't have any troubleshooting. Nobody, you know, guided me because they didn't think I'd have an issue. Right. But it was so bad that second night. I was like, I cannot do this. And so that's when I hit up 
you and I was yeah. like Alexa you have to come over or else I'm I quit you know because if right. I can't fix this and this is how it is I cannot do this so I was so fortunate that I had you because I already had a friend who was an Elsie but I mean at that point we were just we were friends but we weren't like come look at my nipple friends yeah <laughs> there's no, yes. nothing like bringing a friend over to look at your boobs to make you close. oh yeah <laughs> um but so Alexa came over and she had noticed that what he he has a little bit of a lip tie and so when he would latch sometimes his upper lip would tuck in and it was so painful and so what she had me do is switch to a different position. What worked for us was the football position. And anytime yes. his lip would tuck or it'd feel painful, I'd unlatch him. And it was such a pain in the butt to unlatch constantly. But I did it. It was painful. And I just dealt with yeah. it. And then we just always did football for the first couple of months. And once my nipples, all the, you know, scabs and stuff healed up <laughs> from the bleeding, I was good to go. And then after a couple of months... I was able to switch to like the cradle hold. And so that's generally what I do now. I know compared to most people's stories, that's still super mild. That's, you know, I'm, I'm very, I feel very fortunate that it worked out that way. And I'm thankful that you were able to come over and that you actually like had, were able to see and fix it and make it be better. And that I had that support and knowledge and that, you know, you helped me feel empowered that I could do it from your stories. And, right. uh, so I feel very lucky and I'm so, my mind is blown that he is almost a year old. Well, he's 10 months, but I never thought I would nurse this long. I thought I'd make it to like six months max. Right. And I, and I am just so thankful. And this is, it's been crazy and it's so much work. It's so much more work than I ever thought it could be, but I wouldn't change a thing, you know? <clears throat> right. And uh, well, you mentioned you were a formula baby. I too was a formula baby, had me when she was 18 years old. So she was super young. She didn't have a lot of help. And definitely not a lot of experience or knowledge in any of these things. So she nursed me for around three months. She said it was so painful that I made her bleed really bad and I would bite her. And nobody had taught her like, oh, well, make sure she's latching right or try a different position or do this or do that or use something right. on your nipples. She just like tried to, you know, bite down and bear through. And it was like torturous. And so at three months, she switched me to formula. And then we found right. out I had a dairy issue as well. And so I was on soy formula. It is right. definitely one of those things where obviously I am fine. I was on formula. I'm fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not like <laughs> developmentally delayed in any way. I didn't make me any less than if I would have been breastfed. But my mom will say, being there and seeing you be able to help me in my breastfeeding journey, that she wishes she just would have had people who could have shared their knowledge with her and their experiences. And she is just thankful that I was able to have that. So I really encourage you guys that if you are having issues breastfeeding and it is something that you would like to do, to see a lactation consultant. And don't be afraid to see more than one, like Alexa said, because she had a few people say, okay, well just bottle feed. And now Alexa's a rare breed and she, when she wants something, she makes it happen. And most of us are not like that, including myself. And so if I would have been told, okay, it's not working, just bottle feed, I would have, you know, I would have been like, okay, well, I need to just make sure my baby's being fed. And at the end of the day, that's what really matters. Your baby's being fed, right. you're keeping your baby alive. But they're alive. not starving. Yes. <laughs> yes, but if it is your goal to nurse, see a few, you know, see a few people who can help you, you know, and I have yeah. had friends, I even have, I have a close friend who 
Um, she was overseas and she really wanted to nurse, but her um, her baby had really bad reflux and some mm-hmm. allergies and she saw a ton of LCs and she's in a foreign country so nobody was able to help her and so now she formula feeds mm. and that's what works for her and her baby's being right. fed and that's what matters right but right if this is what you want see a bunch of people because people can help you do what you want assuming your body is able to do it because obviously there's different circumstances right and can I add can I yeah, add something? please please um, yeah, and I mean, and I don't get my feelings hurt if, you know, you go see someone else. Like, if you pay me to see you, which I don't get paid anymore. I just volunteer uh, my time now. If you see me and I didn't give you the answers that you needed, hopefully, first of all, that you'd be upfront with me and say, okay, that doesn't help me at all, right? Because yeah. we're just coming from what we've been trained in our experiences, like, plus our experiences, right? Yeah. Um, but other people might have a little bit different training, and different experiences that could actually help you. So that's why you always want to, like, if you are if you didn't get help with the first one, yeah, definitely go to a, a second one. And there's been times when I've had a client that I go and see her. I spend a couple hours with her, and I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> and I've done this a few times. I don't want to charge you my full fee. I'm going to charge you a little bit um, because of my time, you know, and that I helped you with this and this and that. But I want you to take the rest of my fee and go find someone else that's that might be able to give you some different answers because, you know, I want you to make sure that you're confident in everything that you're doing here. And if I don't have that experience, like one of the moms um, that that's coming to mind, it's like she had very large breasts. Um, The baby just was very tiny baby. We couldn't we we got the baby to latch. But it was still painful at the end, you know, and there was something yeah. else going on. I wanted her to go see a pediatric dentist in, in the Vegas Valley. I was like, you need to go see this pediatric dentist. So even though I have now told you, okay, this is who you need to see, I still feel like, okay, my time was worth something. Oh, of course, of course. But I'm not going to charge you everything because you, now you need to spend money to go see somebody else. <laughs> You know, so that's kind of what I'm talking about. But that's generous um, of you because not everybody would be like that. Well, no. Yeah, exactly. And I've been learning that more like, um, you know, sometimes you're just cutthroat with your business and it's just, but it's one of those things I take so personally just because of all the problems that I had that I wouldn't make a very good business person when it comes to (laughs) like lactating moms, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, but definitely there's, there's other people that can help you out and have an answer for you. Yes. And so until you get that answer, like keep going. Oh, and also I think one thing that really helped me too is I went to a breastfeeding class. Alexa hosts a class at American Eco Baby in Jacksonville where she teaches all things breastfeeding from positions to basically everything. I learned so much information and I felt really empowered by that knowledge going into even giving birth. And so I highly encourage people to go to a class, learn about everything because yeah, you could read a lot of books and I did. I read a lot of books more about giving birth than about after giving birth right? um, personally, but um, knowledge is power. And that was very, very helpful for me for so many things. And, And we'll touch on some of those things in a minute, but it's, it's pretty cool to, you know, go and work with someone ahead of time. That way you just at least get your feet wet before you're having to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is an afterthought, isn't it? It's, it's kind of like you're so stressed about having a baby come out of your vagina, you know? 
<laughs> I hope I can say that yeah, um, here. But yeah, you're so worried about that. And you're so prepped for that. That like how you're going to feed them is afterthought for most women, I want to yeah, say. I you know? was mostly just terrified about, because um, I always wanted to have a natural birth. So I was just terrified about uh, dying. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were anxious about that. I mean, yeah, I mean, and it's hard not to think about too. It's like, wow, how is that baby going to come out? And oh, I know that it's like just going to be the worst thing ever. Yep. So, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but if you guys do want to learn like more in-depth things, like you can obviously you can Google all this. And like I said, you can go to a class, but um, I really encourage you guys to, you know, talk to your doctors about all this stuff. We are not doctors. We're just nope. sharing our knowledge and experience with this. And obviously Alexa has more knowledge on this than I do, but take it with a grain of salt, of course, but we yes. hope that it, this is, you know, teaching you something new. So yes. Yeah. And I always have, I always have to say that too. Like as an LC, it's like when the doctor tells you something, I can't go against what the doctor says, um, you know, cause I don't want to be liable for your baby's life. Right. So, um, I do have to tread lightly sometimes, but there's certain things that I'm confident in that I'm like, no, the doctor's just not trained properly on nutrition. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and that's why you pay lactation counselors to work in the hospitals and to work beside you and to work beside the doctors because they're trained in something different than what the doctors are trained in, you know? Yeah, so. and, mo- and more specialized because a lot of the time doctors are trained in everything a little bit as opposed exactly. to specializing in one thing. <laughs> Obviously, certain doctors specialize in certain things, especially if they're surgeons. And my hospital had LCs there on staff because they they make it known that like, We'll do our best to help you, but if you have a nursing question, they send you the LC. They don't even try and necessarily give you information because it's not something that they're so familiar with, and that's not their job to be familiar right. with it anyways. Right. So, yeah, and I think I mean going off of this, um, I think that a couple things that I hear the most. I don't know if you want to hear about these, Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the a couple things I hear about the most from doctors first is that formula is the same or better than breast milk so it doesn't really matter if like you're doing one or the other it doesn't really matter and the other thing that I hear a lot about too is like moms don't have the milk supply oh your baby's not gaining you're just not making enough milk and so those are a couple things that I hear a lot and those are things that if your doctor's telling you those things then you definitely need to get some help from a lactation counselor yeah CNLC before just you know swallowing that and being like okay well I guess I can't do it because I know for me, I had a lot of people be like, well, how do you know he's getting enough milk? Which is ridiculous because if any of you have ever seen a photo of my child, he's right. ginormous, okay? Right. He's never looked like he's starving. He's always been like 90th percentile of all the things, but people would still be like, well, if you nurse him, like, how do you know that he's getting enough? And I'd be like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And obviously, if your child is smaller, it's different. So you may hear that and, you know, be like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not making enough and, you know, be scared of that. But yes, yeah, which bums me out. Yeah. And you know what? And I had so many doctors just with Angela because she was so slow to grow, so slow on everything. 
with so many doctors just trying to convince me to move to formula. And I kept telling them, I'm like, what is your obsession with formula? Like, I have a good milk supply. I'm an LC. Like, I know I have a good milk supply. And I'm confident in that. Why do you want her on formula so bad? It was just kind of, it was just blowing my mind. And I remember just as a mom, though, you know, as a mom feeling like maybe I'm not feeding her enough. Maybe she's not getting enough. And then I look back, but I still, I still powered through because I was like, I know the weight transfers I'm doing. I know the curve she's on, like her percentile curve. She's staying on the percentile curve. Like I felt confident in that as like, an outside party like an Elsie but as a mom I was like so stressed out like I'm going against the doctor's wishes I'm not doing what they want me to do looking back now I look back at those pictures of her and she is so chunky like there there was a time when she was so chunky that I have like this one picture that I think of and she has like this double chin chunks on her thighs like the cutest little picture and I remember thinking that was the time that they were telling me she wasn't big enough yeah. And I'm like, you know, what was it? It wasn't that she w- she didn't look healthy, that she didn't look, you know, like she was gaining weight because she was. It was that she wasn't fitting on their percentile the way that they wanted her to. Yeah. And every you child know? is different. And it's just one of those things where you just kind of have to, you know, do what you think is best for your child within reason, of <clears> course. <throat> right. Well, like one of my experiences is that um, Roland's pediatrician wanted him to be on vitamin D drops just because yes. he's not on formula. Which I was really confused about because I'm like, well, they've never taken a blood sample. There's no reason that they think he's vitamin D deficient because he is like A plus on all the charts, 90th percentile. Why do they want me to give him these drops? Now, keep in mind, I myself am vitamin D deficient, but I'm on a very high supplement for that. I am being tracked. My blood's being tracked for that. But when it comes to breastfeeding, your body will take everything it needs from every part of your body to give your baby everything it needs. That's how women who are starving in Africa can still breastfeed their babies. Exactly. And so I was kind of like bummed out initially because they're like, well, you know, formula has more vitamin D, so you need to give them vitamin D drops. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Because you can synthetically add more vitamin D to anything you want. But does that mean they need it? And I was just kind of bothered. I mean, this is something I'm knowledgeable about. And so... I made the choice that was best for me personally. But if I wasn't knowledgeable about it, I would have just been like, oh, you're just saying he needs to be on these things? Sure. Okay. And so I just really encourage people to um, be confident and knowledgeable in the things when it comes to your children and make the best decision for you. And if there's nothing wrong with giving your children vitamin D drops, you know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying by any means. But I just feel like sometimes if they're really pushing formula just you know make yourself aware of things because right yeah yeah and and just the rhetoric that like oh well you get more vitamin d in formula not true you know yes um breast milk has less vitamin d but it's not synthetic like you said so their bodies are getting yeah there's less vitamin d going through the breast milk but their bodies are absorbing all of it Yep. versus a synthetic form going through the um, the formula, they're not going to, their bodies aren't going to take in all that. So yeah, you have to put an extra amount in there. <laughs> with my experience with that, it wasn't with vitamin D, it was with iron. Like, oh, you don't get enough iron in breast milk. <clears throat> Which when you research it, it's like, yeah, okay, there's lots of iron in formula. But is your body really taking all that in? No, it's a synthetic version of iron. Um, so... 
So when you think of that, like breast milk, so unless there's symptoms, they wanted me to have Angela on these like iron supplements because I was breastfeeding. And I was like, she's not symptomatic. There's nothing in her that that needs to do this. The iron makes her constipated. Why, you know, why am I giving her extra iron just because I'm breastfeeding? You know, that doesn't make any sense. So yeah, just kind of thinking. And she she was also ha- on something else to where her poop was black. And I was like, this is a symptom of having too much iron. Let's talk about this. And all the pediatrician wanted to tell me was, well, she's breastfed, so she does need iron. And I felt like that was just a rhetoric. And so I'm like, well, I'm not giving her more iron if that's all you have to tell me. <laughs> yeah. And it's just one of you those know? things where like you as the parent make the choices for your child. Right. So just, right. I mean, I have <laughs> seen awesome doctors and I've seen some not so awesome doctors. And so right. you just kind of choose. I'm not saying you should pick and choose like you know, some crazy stuff, but I'm just saying, right. Be informed. And yeah. And Google is your friend. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, to, to a point, kind of, kind of, (laughs) to a point. I mean, it's, yeah, we we don't have medical degrees just because we can use Google, but I, Uh, yes, of course, but I just think that I just think it's good to be informed. And if you make friends with an LC, that's always cool too, because then you can be like, what do you think about this? (laughs) You know what I mean? I know. And I, I think as an LC, I have a, well, I've, as I've gotten older, it's gotten better. Like I take things less personal. So like before when I would give my friends advice and they wouldn't listen to the advice, I'd be like, why, why are they not listening to the advice, you know, that I give. And I've been taking it as I get older. I'm like, you know, I, whatever it's their, their baby, their choice. They're going to do what's right for what their situation and I just have to take myself out of it and I think like the main one is that I kind of I just I just hate it because I know that the mom can keep breastfeeding so I have lots of moms come to me and say you know I'm losing my milk supply and I need help with this and so I go over like what's been going on and the main one is they started sleep training or not breastfeeding as often as they used to be breastfeeding and and so I hear that and I kind of say you know what you need to you need to not go over five hours at night um and especially if you have a low supply already like you need to be feeding every two to three hours I know it's a pain but if you want to keep breastfeeding keep your milk supply up something needs to be happening um and then I see that they don't want to do that right because I mean it's hard to pick over sleep you know this more than anybody you know (laughs) and so and I think also like in our generation like we're a crib generation you know so and they're like I don't feel comfortable co-sleeping okay so when you don't feel comfortable co-sleeping breastfeeding at night is a hassle it's a hassle so much so, <laughs> so so yeah there's so many things that go into it and then I see these moms just like they lose their milk supply it's just not working out they're not making enough then they get into the cycle where it's like now they're half formula feeding half breastfeeding that's great but then it, it just continues to decrease continues to decrease you know and <clears throat> and I see that and I'm like you know what if you had just listened to my advice and then just kept going you know on these certain hours you know and that's what I see. But then the doctor is also telling them, oh, well, you just have a milk supply issue. You just have a milk supply issue. You can't really do anything for it. And so they're getting that end. 
and then they're just being like well I don't want to pick breastfeeding over sleep yeah and then just hurts my heart you know so I mean I try not to take it personal but then I'm like it just hurts my heart because I knew you wanted to breastfeed it was like so strong at the beginning and then it, yeah but, it just stops you know but that being said everybody has to do what works best for them so yes like yes. for me I my circumstances are very special. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I work, obviously I have a photography and a young living business, but I I choose my hours generally and right. I am mostly able to be at home so I am able to feed him. I've never bu- I've never even bottle fed Roland um which is right. very unique because most people like I have friends who breastfeed but they have to pump and bottle feed because they go to school a couple days a week or they work a couple of days a week and you got to do what works best for your family and your lifestyle of course you know right I wish more people were like you where if they really wanted it they worked harder for it but not everybody is um no and no and I think you're right and I think I don't know we're we're going off on a, a tangent I think my whole point with starting this tangent was if you want to breastfeed if you're like I am so determined to breastfeed but I'm having milk supply issues all of a sudden there's a reason to it yeah so make sure that you're getting like LC help because there's so many different factors that could be happening and then if your LC says oh it's because you're not feeding as often as you should yeah or maybe there's a tie or something like take that seriously because once you start having milk supply issues it's not going to get just randomly better (laughs) no no and I I have people all the time saying like uh, or, or like on Facebook or whatever, be like, hey, like, how can I get my supply up? And, you know, feeding more often, oatmeal, <laughs> teas. There's all this right stuff you can do, but also just feeding more often will generally keep right. your supply up. Or pumping um, right. while feeding or, you know, on the other side or whatever works for you. Right. You know, but there's tons yep. of stuff you can do before it gets so bad, you know. Exactly. If it is something that you want to continue doing. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of work. <laughs> and and everyone and everyone goes to a different age. Like I, I think when I meet when I meet moms, they're mostly say, Oh, I think I'm gonna go to six months. Because that's kind of the recommended with who um is for breastfeed for at least six months, you know? Okay, so I can't re- I can't remember exactly who it is, but I think maybe the APP or something actually recommends that you breastfeed to two years now if you can. Yes, so yes. So I think that's kind of cool that they're normalizing um, extended breastfeeding because everybody kind of is freaked out by that. And I was. I know I was. Right, right. I used to be roll weirded out by anybody right. who breastfed past a year. I was like, if your baby has teeth and can chew steak, they do not need milk. But right. <laughs> but now that I am informed on the nutritional value it has, and especially for like brain development and all those types of things, I'm like, well, I'm probably going to nurse until he self-weans or until I'm super fed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, so, right. But everybody's story is different and journey is different and um, there's nothing wrong with that. And if a mom's like, hey, right. I tried it, I did everything I could with the knowledge I had and I stopped, you know what? You did the best you could and that's amazing. And I think just yeah. the effort you make as a mom to even try to do that is awesome. Oh, yeah. And uh, nobody should feel bad because they weren't able to, you know, do extended breastfeeding or whatever. But yeah. if it is something you want to do, definitely try again next time. You know, don't be discouraged just because it didn't work out the first time around. If right. you were like, you know, I did everything I couldn't and it didn't work. Okay, well, this is a whole clean slate. This is a brand new 
experience you know try exactly. and hire a new lc this time if you did last time and it didn't work out for you and don't be discouraged because there's no reason you might not be able to do it the second time around because i've heard that before right. too i've heard a lot of success stories for second time moms or third time moms and uh right don't give up if it's something that you value oh yeah but one thing that I had no knowledge on that I found very interesting was taking prescription drugs while you're breastfeeding because I am due to get my wisdom teeth out and so I'll have to go under and then I'll have to take prescription pain medicine. But I found it very interesting what she was able to tell me about that. So would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So I think everyone thinks, you know, like anything that you take when you're due for like a surgery or say you take, you know, daily medications, there's this site um, that you can look up and see if that's going to affect your breast milk or if it's going to affect your supply, um, anything like that. And what it is, it's called Lactmed. So if you, if you Google it, if you're like Lactmed, L-A-C-T-M-E-D, it will pop up. Um, so it's like medications that you can take while you're breastfeeding. And there's also apps for things like this as well. I, I believe they have an app um, that you can look at. But that's super helpful to kind of know, can I breastfeed on medication? Do I need to start taking something for supply to up my supply because this is going to be like counteracting it? You know, different things like that. And I think as an LC, the more things I feel comfortable with because the more I research, the more I know that they're not doing a whole lot of research on different things. Sometimes we just hear, oh, well, you can't take that while you're breastfeeding. And then a study will come out and be like, no, actually, it's totally fine. Yeah. So I actually go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I just found that so interesting because it's not something most people would normally think about. Like I take a daily medicine from my thyroid and I wouldn't ever be like, oh, well, this might mess up my supply or do something weird to Roland. And so I just found that so interesting that there is a place, you know, where there's actually like studies done and factual information linked to these different prescription drugs. Right, right. Well, and I think too, like, you know, we lived in Vegas, so I would get calls like random calls about, well, can I smoke marijuana while I'm breastfeeding? Yeah. (laughs) And I would get calls like that. And I'm like, you know, and but it was more like and I'm laughing because it was like they were asking me for recreational purposes. It wasn't like, okay, they were taking it. I have glaucoma. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's like, yeah, we just want to go out and party and and drink. Oh, and that's another thing. It's like we want to go out and drink and, and do these things. And can I still breastfeed? You know? Yeah. So that's like when you have to like walk them through. Okay, this study was done. This study wasn't done. That's your decision to make on these things. With drinking, I hate it when when moms pump and dump. Can we just talk about pump and dumping right now? Yes, please. Um, do not do not pump and dump. Okay. Your okay. So if you have if you're drinking, you have a buzz. The alcohol's in your system in your blood. The minute you don't feel that buzz anymore, that alcohol is exiting your bloodstream, it's also exiting your milk. If you just wait an hour, the alcohol is not going to be in your milk. So they've done studies where, dependent on how much you have been drinking and then the time period that you decide to feed the baby, really studies are showing you're not really transferring anything or little to nothing to the baby. So yeah. So that's that's just something that, you know, you have to be educated on. You don't want to like, okay, I feel fine now. Four hours after the fact, 
but you're like, but just to be safe, I'm going to pump and then dump all this precious milk. Like, no, yep. you really don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, it bugs me out that so, that's what people think because a lot of people have said that to me or mentioned it to me. I'm like, well, do you drink kombucha? Because kombucha has alcohol in it. You know exactly. what I mean? But do you pump and dump? No. So that's right. unnecessary. And um, speaking of the marijuana thing, when I was right. pregnant, I saw a doctor who had graduated from Penn Medicine, which is a really prestigious school. And he mentioned to me that they say marijuana is safe when you're pregnant and breastfeeding, especially for like morning sickness and stuff. Obviously, right. that is not something I did, but they're doing more studies on it and becoming more knowledgeable. And I just think it's cool in general that they are doing research on these things with nursing because for so long, they were just doing studies on things with formula. They weren't really right. focusing on the fact that, hey, our bodies already do this. Maybe we should, you know, learn more about it. Right. And so I think right. that's like, pretty Like, we cool. don't have to tell this mom, no, you can't breastfeed anymore because you're doing this. Just for moms to know that it's not as hard as everyone's making it seem. I mean, once you have a good latch going, you have a good support system and a good state of mind about breastfeeding, not a lot can stop it, you know? Yep. Agreed. And um, so let's talk a little bit about weaning because obviously it's not something I've done yet, but right. I think it'll be helpful for us to talk about it uh, for me and for other moms who do, you know, want to wean or they plan to someday. Right. I mean, like we've been saying, everyone's going to do things a little bit differently. And when you introduce foods, I mean, that's like a heated topic as well. I mean, some some moms start at like six months, um, which the more we're finding out, you don't really want to start foods at six months. Oh, some see, moms I started are, foods at six months. <laughs> right. And no, and I did too. I mean, with my first and... Um, but what we're just learning with like the gut and how their their guts are developing and all that, yeah. um, do we need to introduce foods that early? I don't you think know, because we're just kind of in a hurry. I think it's like a want because we're excited right. to try things. I do know moms who say they don't even introduce till like nine months. They do strictly just you know nursing or bottle right. feeding because it's not really like a nutrition thing at six months. It's more of like a learning and for fun, right? You know, yeah, you're swapping out nutrition exactly. And, um, yeah, and actually, you know, I was part of, like, the big hippie community in Vegas. It's more like they wouldn't introduce until after a year because it's one of those things. It's like your body can, for a long time, provide enough nutrition for that baby over a year. You know, so some moms were not even, yeah, which is really awesome. Um, But some moms weren't even doing it until after a year. It's like, okay, they can walk. They can, they're obviously developed enough to eat now and there's no like choking hazards. I think that's the other thing. It's when you start too young, it's not just the gut problem. It's the fact that your child's not really big enough or old enough to be swallowing food, right? And there's a bigger choking hazard when it comes to that. And so, um, so some moms are even going like after a year, okay, now we're going to introduce foods. And then there's a big debate on, okay, do we do purees or do we or do, do, baby, we led do weaning? baby led weaning, right? Which I actually love baby led weaning. Me too. And that was like the <laughs> easiest thing when I did that with Tyler. Agreed. So easy. And it's yeah. like, it really doesn't have to be that hard to wean your baby. It's not like... Oh, now we have to do the purees. Now we have to do this. Now we have to introduce the bottles. Now we have to do this, do this and that. It's like it becomes like this complicated thing and it really doesn't have to be, you yeah, know. Agreed. So I and I I don't want to get into that too much this episode because I'm sure maybe we'll talk about right. all that some other time. 
But uh, it's just right. one of those things, again, where do your research, be informed, make the best decision right. for you. And whatever you do decide, that's awesome because you're the parent. So, right. Um, but for us, baby led weaning made the most sense and, you know, it worked the best for us. I did a, I did tons of research. I read books. And, uh, so I made sure I was prepared for that. And I, I'm sure you did the same for your yes, children. Yes. And yeah. And I, and I think too, um, you know, and then when you, when you talk about like just swapping nutrients, that's when you kind of decide, okay, I think my baby is just ready to just have foods and not have milk anymore. And you kind of go into that. Everyone's different with the weaning process. Yeah. You're going to look up everything and you're going to decide, okay, this is what we're going to do at this time. And I used to think, you know, okay, it's so weird to go past like two years three years breastfeeding, you know? And then when I became an LC and I started seeing it more and more, I'm like, oh, because it's more than nutrition at that point. You know, it's like you're having this breastfeeding relationship with this child. Who are you to say, okay, we're done today? Well, see, for me, I do still get kind of scared or weirded out by the idea of late-term breastfeeding, like four years old plus. Right, right. it's just one of those things where it's like the older Roland gets and I'm at when I used to think it would be weird yeah. at a year, here it is almost a year and I'm not weirded out by it anymore. Right. So right. you can just never say yeah. never. Right. Exactly. Never say never. And I think, you know, and all my kids organically like stopped breastfeeding. It was never like, <clears throat> oh my gosh, they're going to, they keep going. They keep going. No, my kids are all like very independent. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, and it's been different for everyone. I mean, I've had clients where it's like weaning is hard. um, And I'm thankful that I haven't had to go through that. But really, it's like they get so independent that they're just like, you know what? I don't really need this anymore. Yeah. You know, like I I eat breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks. And I don't really need you to help me go to sleep anymore. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's cool. And I kind of hope it goes that way with Roland because I... Just have heard some, you know, rough weaning stories. But, right. you know, if I have also heard people where, like, at around a year, they're like, okay, well, you know, now I'm, you know, going back to work or I'm doing this or that. And I right. do need to wean. And so right. um, I don't have any recommendations for that <laughs> because yeah. I haven't done it. And every everyone's so unique. That's why I don't want to, like, throw out ideas because everyone's so unique. If you're having weaning problems, definitely Between- find an LC or even, like, Facebook groups are awesome. Like, moms can interject, like, what's helped them weaning. I do want to say I hated when they did wean, not just for, like, the relationship that we are now missing, but when they were sick. I felt like the breast milk was really helping them because breast milk makes these antibodies for their colds and for their sickness. So they were really healthy when they were breastfeeding. And then now it's like, I don't have that like extra breast milk power to give them when they're sick. And so just think about that too, when you're weaning them like, oh, well, they're past a year. It doesn't really matter anymore. Oh, ho, ho. Like it does matter. You know, I don't know why I just said, oh, ho, ho, but (laughs) 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 But I couldn't come up with a better noise at that moment. But um, yeah, I mean, it does matter. I mean, there's still things that they're getting from the breast milk. And so just because you're past a year, it doesn't like turn into Kool-Aid, right? So you do want to consider that. Um, And I really think that that's what's gotten like Tyler. He's so healthy. It's like he breastfed the longest and he didn't, he has like a, such a, a great immune system. And I don't worry about him so much when he's sick. I mean, more so now that we're done breastfeeding, but still he's so healthy. So yeah, that's awesome. 
So yeah, I think about that. And I always tell moms that I'm like, if you're considering weaning, just making sure that, you know, you know this, because if you could go just another year, that will really help their immune system. Yeah. So So it's just, I mean, yeah, I guess in conclusion, right? (laughs) like I, like I've already said a billion times, but just be informed knowledge is power (laughs) do your research right and do what's best for your family at the end of the day you know what i mean if you work full time you do what you need to do exactly stay at home you do what you need to do and Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that and no judgment either way i don't know if i've said this already but the longer i've been in lc it's like the longer i've noticed everyone has their own experience everyone has their own day everyone is doing their own thing it's like at the end of the day you do what works for you guys and you're not on anyone else's watch so yeah exactly you know your baby best and we hope that this has given you some knowledge or some wisdom Uh, we hope you learned something new and if not if you already knew this that's awesome i hope you feel empowered and that you continue to make the choices that are best for your family and your baby because you know your baby best yes so you as the mom just make the best decisions for you yeah that's awesome that's the best thing you can do and if you looked up this podcast because it said breastfeeding if you're breastfeeding and you're having a hard time like you can do it and just find some support like find someone in your area there's so many free places that you can go for support please do it we believe in you exactly we do (laughs) you can do it it sucks sometimes yeah but it's so worth it and you can totally do it your body was made to do it oh yeah so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, our email is momsoutloudpodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and send anything our way. Um, and even if you have any ideas for future episodes, we'll take them. And then Rachel has her own platform. Share that with us, Rachel. Sure. So you can find me at Rachel Player Photography on Instagram, Facebook, and that is also my website. Also, you can find us together on Instagram at Moms Out Loud. Yes. And if you want to... on Facebook. <laughs> yes, and on Facebook. And if you want to follow me, I'm at arockwellestate.com. That's my website. And I'm also at arockwellestate for Instagram and Facebook. We hope to hear from you guys. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Bye.